Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. And if you need a free pair of gloves, it's wintertime here in Pennsylvania. You can get a pair from me by going to Facebook or to my website and asking for them. But I'm limited to 300 pairs because that's all I got. So give me a buzz. They're free. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you today about medical malpractice and specifically about, you know, what these cases look like when a real actual case that we're going to pursue comes in. So a typical fact scenario is something like this. Your parent isn't feeling well, they go to the hospital, but they're sort of 77, they're not old, you know, ancient, and they know kind of what's up and they know something's wrong, but they can't quite tell. The doctors scan them a couple times and realize that their gallbladder is ancient and needs to come out. Now you can live without your gallbladder, but it needs to come out. There's no, uh, you can't just have a bad gallbladder in there. So they perform a surgery, which is a gallbladder removal surgery. It's fairly routine. It's done uh, laparoscopically these days, which means just with a little camera and some cutting tools through tiny little ports, they call them, or little holes in your abdomen, so they don't slice you open. And they take your gallbladder out. Now, the problems occur as follows. At times, the doctors will accidentally cut structures. Usually the only structures to cut in there are nerves or arteries and veins. So arteries take blood away from your heart, veins take them back to your veins take blood back to your heart. If you cut one and you are in an open surgery, meaning not laparoscopic, but someone like sliced you open for various reasons, then it's easier to recognize that there is a problem and then an artery's been hit. So but if an artery is cut during surgery, it's a major deal. Like the doctor has to go and cut both ends of the artery out that were torn and restitch the artery together. Hopefully it holds. Everyone's kind of aware that this is a surgical complication and a problem and it's recognized. So that's the perfect situation. The medical malpractice case happens when the surgery is laparoscopic, meaning, you know, through these little ports and cameras and not open. It's harder to recognize that there has been injury to an artery or so, and the person is stitched up, the gallbladder's removed, and everyone thinks the patient did fine and it was a successful surgery. Your, you know, father goes to the PACU, which is the post-anesthesia care unit, to revive them or bring them back from anesthesia. Anesthesia is reversed. They should, they wake up and they feel like crap. And it's not just the anesthesia wearing off, it's something else is wrong. But it's kind of nebulous, not exactly clear. Now, what happens then is that, you know, your dad's blood pressure begins to drop and his hematocrit or his hemoglobin begin to drop. Now, these are things that are monitored by the post-anesthesia care team, and they 
are monitored by nurses, but usually the surgeons are off onto their next surgery or they leave for the day or do whatever they're doing. So the surgeons aren't around watching, you know, your dad come out moment by moment. That's the job of the PACU team and anesthesia. Now, when your blood pressure is dropping post-surgery, sometimes that can be just because you lost some blood or some fluid, some, you know, water, and they should try and resuscitate you um, and not, like, bring you back from dead, but resuscitate you by putting an IV of fluid in. You should probably already be having one. So what happens then? Well, if your blood pressure continues to drop, it's a sign that the closed system, that is your blood circulatory system, is, you know, having a problem. And that should be recognized by the PACU team. What else is going on? Well, all of a sudden, you know, your hematocrit or hemoglobin are dropping, that's a sign of blood loss. So these things taken together should start sending off alarm bells that, you know, you're losing blood, you're bleeding internally. But it takes someone in the PACU team to recognize that, someone to pay attention to your dad and to see what's going on and to call the surgeons and say, you got to come back. Now, surgeons don't want to reopen people because it's kind of like a black mark on their record if they have to reopen someone after a surgery within 24 hours. And this may be within one or two hours. The critical thing here is that if the drop in blood pressure isn't recognized efficiently and quickly, then you know, your body starts to try and protect itself. And your body's reaction is to shut off all blood flow to everything except your brain and your heart. So that's kind of the the dangerous part here is that all of a sudden your body says, oh, geez, I need to protect my brain and heart because I don't know what's going on. I'm losing blood flow. And those are the critical parts of me. And boom, now you've starved all your other organs of blood and that can become dangerous and your body can quickly go into distress that you know could end your life so you know you could die from this and people do die from this or you could have permanent you know organ failure from this and it's you know really a matter of hours that it needs to be recognized if not less so theoretically you know, this case comes in, someone had an artery nick during surgery or cut. The surgeons are on the hook for cutting the artery, whether it's um, recognized or not. There'll be some litigation or fighting or argument over whether, you know, cutting arteries in a surgery is, you know, a known risk of the procedure or is a, you know, recognized complication. So there'll be some fighting with the surgeon's lawyers over whether, hey, this is part of surgery. When you go in to get cut up, you know, there are things can get hit. Um, you know, and there's some fight over that. But there's also a focus on the post-anesthesia care, so the post-surgical care, and whether that was appropriately monitored and such. But look, if you have a, you know, a, a cut artery, it's not recognized, you may die. And death is a pretty obvious um, set of damages. So, you know, in the early days after a case, you have two years to sue from the date of the incident, but these cases need urgent work to figure out what happened because it's never exactly clear from what the family says what actually happened. And also, you know, what actually happened may not be fully reflected in the medical records because the doctors and the nurses 
you know, as much as they're good people, they don't want to hang themselves out to dry and say, Dr. Newworth, oh my God, he messed this one up like you wouldn't believe. Like, you don't see that, even if that's what happened. So, it just doesn't show up in the medical record. So, you know, that sort of case where someone comes in for a routine surgery and leaves dead or leaves in severe organ failure or lingers for a few weeks and dies, you know, look, that's obviously a case. You have a major injury. You, it's, it's at least a case that's worth looking at as a lawyer. Um, you know, you just got to figure out what happened. The flip side is cases that people are annoyed about and upset about and are incredibly frustrating for people where they think the doctor did something wrong, but really it's not worth pursuing as a lawyer because you're going to end up not making the client happy and not making a good business decision on a case. So what what does that look like? Well, for example, you know, people come to me fairly often with bunionectomies, which is women who've been wearing high heels for their entire lives. Um, and, you know, eventually the toe joint Usually the big toe, but other joints, usually the toe joint develops, you know, a callus and then a bunion, and eventually it's painful and they can't wear shoes anymore and they want that fixed. So the podiatry surgeon will remove that bunion. Um, Sometimes they have to work on the toe. Sometimes they pin the toe, which is they basically put a screw through the front of the toe, and then that screw has to help the toe heal, and then the screw um, is supposed to support the heel. Anyway, that surgery is a tough one to, you know, successfully accomplish without pain. And people get frustrated because when their bunionectomy doesn't work, they're basically told not to wear high heels anymore, not to wear, you know, uncomfortable shoes anymore. And it's annoying for professional women, um, or not professional women, but it's annoying to be told, like, hey, you can't wear, like, cool, interesting shoes anymore. And it's painful, too. Like, so people get annoyed with their doctors. Now, is that a case that you want to pursue? No, there are a lot of complications with that surgery. They're known. And even if the surgeon does the best job possible, there's nothing to say that, you know, that surgery is going to come off well. So, you know, and a lot of surgeons will tell their patients don't go through that surgery. But that's not a case you want to take as a surgeon or as a lawyer, because like, what are the damages? It's a toe, it's fixable. What's the damage? Like you can't wear high heeled shoes. You know, that's not going to be the sort of thing that you want to spend 10 or 20 grand on as a lawyer. And you know, what's the case worth? You know, you're just going to end up with an unhappy client. So those are sort of two polar kind of opposites of medical malpractice cases. That's enough for today. Have a great weekend. This has been Ask Andy. I hope I hold people accountable.